Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. I want to teach this message uh, to give you a context as to uh, why we baptize, but I'm going to need some uh, participatory help from you, okay? So I want you to put your uh, uh, hands up like this, finger, index finger pointed. Use your hand of strength, okay? If you're right-handed, use your right hand. If you're left-handed, use your left hand, okay? And I want you to repeat after me and do the motion with me, okay? Here, Here. we baptize. Okay. Again, a little bit louder, okay? Here, we baptize. Now we're going to do it like we're in children's ministry and yell to the top of our lungs. They're to the side and right above us, and they're usually distracting this service. I think we should distract theirs, okay? Right? Real high. Ready? Loud. Here, we baptize. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. Okay. So if you, if you have your Bibles, I want to give you a, a, a context, and that's the title of the message is Here, We Baptize. I want to read four verses in your hearing in uh, Romans chapter number six, and here's what it says. Well then, and I love that Paul starts this particular, uh, 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 well, the way that the writers uh, and, and the theologians broke it up, it starts with well then, but this is one seamless letter. He says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when You were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism. We joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Here, we baptize. It's an amazing thing when you hear these two words. Well, then, anybody ever heard those two words at the end of an argument or the end of a conversation, uh, at the end of uh, you getting your point across or somebody uh, uh, summing up something? They say, well, then, what should we do about it? Or well, then, where do we go from here? If you go back and read uh, the latter part or, or the latter half of chapter number five, Paul begins to break down this dynamic between all of us winding up in a sinful state because of Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden. He begins to say that in one man, all of us wound up in this state of sin. Then he also says in another man, talking about Christ Jesus, we have the opportunity to come out of that state and live righteous lives. To be righteous means to be in right standing with God. And he says that there were many people that wound up in sin uh, because of one man, Adam. But there's going to be many more people because of God's abundant grace that are going to come to him because of the man, Jesus Christ. He makes this statement and, and elaborates on it. And then at the end of that says, well, then, because of this extravagant gift that God gave us in the person of Jesus Christ, should we continue in sin and sin more and more so that that grace that God gave us uh, 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 should, should keep being resupplied. He says, no, not at all. He, and then he makes this statement. How can you still live actively in your sin? 
when you've gone down in the water and been baptized. He brings him back to a moment. He brings him back to this symbolic gesture that is meant to deeply ingrain on the inside of us experientially that we have had a death experience with Jesus Christ in the form of baptism. Now, let me tell you why you should think that that is incredibly gracious of God. Because he says, I want you to experience Christ's death, but you won't have to take a beating for it. You won't have to hang up for it. You don't have to be crucified for it. You don't have to die out and asphyxiate for it. Basically, all I want you to do is get in this water and symbolically what you will find is that as you go down in this water, something will die. And when you come up out of this water, something will live. He says, I want you to experience both his death, burial and resurrection. And you can do that if you can just find some water. I know that you've read about it and you had a transformative experience. You gave your life to Jesus. You came down to an altar call and you and you accepted Christ into your life. But if you really want to experience what it feels like for a believer to die with Christ and be resurrected in Christ, just find some water. Find enough water for you to go down and find enough water for you to come up and you will have experienced what Christ did in his death, burial and resurrection from that tomb. So there's three points that I want you to have to this message as to why we baptize. And I'll give them to you uh, uh, right now. Here's point number one. Please write this down. Three reasons why we baptize. Here's point number one. We get to celebrate. Here's what it says in Acts chapter number two, verses 37 through 41. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you and to your children and to those far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. <laughs> it's a revival message. Okay. Strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Can I just pause right there? That's a message that needs to be heard in 2018. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Okay. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. Here's the number about three thousand in all. Now, here's what's amazing about Peter's first sermon. It was like the laziest sermon of all time. All he did was quote a bunch of scripture and he said a little bit in between. He just quoted scripture and people's hearts were stirred. Here's what I love about preaching from the Bible. The Bible can convict people of their sins and of their behaviors much better than I can. I don't have to sit up here and give you a rolling list of credits of everything that you should not be doing wrong. But simply if I declare the goodness of Jesus Christ, because scripture says it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. 
It is not talking about hell and judgment that will lead people to repentance. It's actually talking about how good and extravagantly good God has been in your life that will actually stir somebody to give their life to Jesus Christ. So we get to celebrate that. Can you imagine you, you preach this message that is primarily made up of scripture verses from the Old Testament and then you just say, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. <laughs> it's bad out of here in these streets. <laughs> you, don't want to, you don't want to deal with this. And, and just so you know, it was much worse then than it is now. I know your Facebook timeline and, and, and your news outlets want you to believe that it's, that it's so bad. But this ain't Rome. Rome was gangster. Rome was coming after people, crucifying people, locking up people. It was the most debased, perverted society that's ever been on the planet Earth as an empire. So compared to uh, America 2018, compared to that Rome would be rated G. Peter would look at the stuff that we're arguing about in America and be like, ha! <laughs> I could have built 28,000 churches by now. And you guys are mad that prayer's not in school. What is our real focus? He says, save yourself from this crooked generation. And 3,000 people were like, okay. <laughs> I don't think they really cannonballed, but they could have. Scripture doesn't say they did, but it also doesn't say they didn't. Okay. Three, can you imagine three? It would be a, oh, that's a moving message. You know, if a street preacher was preaching and, and you know, 10 people, that would be a great day. You preach your trial sermon, Peter, and 3,000 people are like, let's go. Find some water. Can you imagine the assembly line that day? Can you imagine the other 11 apostles going, I didn't, I didn't think it was going, I didn't think it was going to be this good. And y'all all, all want to get baptized today? You don't want to spread this out over like six weeks? <laughs> I just kidding. Uh, okay. But we get to celebrate it. It is actually something to celebrate when you go down in the water and come up. It's a celebration. That's why we take pictures and people's families show up because it is a monumental moment in the life of a believer when they attach an experience. To the transformation that's happened in their heart. So point number one is we get to celebrate. Point number two, please don't be uh, weirded out by this uh, next point, okay? Point number two is this. We get to watch you die. <laughs> we get to watch you die. It's fantastic. Here's what it says in Romans chapter number six, verse number four. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. You ever been so mad at somebody? Matter of fact, don't like visibly show, okay? <laughs> Just blink hard at me. Have you ever, ever been so mad at somebody you wish they were dead? Anybody ever wish somebody was dead? Some people in here are like, I would never wish that. Other people are like, yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> If you ever wished, if you've ever wished for somebody to be dead, 
the best way you can get that wish fulfilled is to see them get baptized in Jesus' name. Can you imagine your most hated enemy giving their life to Christ? Completely having their heart transformed, apologizing to you for all of the hell that they put you through. And then and then they say they're going to get baptized and you go, I'm showing up for this. I'm about to watch you die. I've wished it for many years, but I didn't know it was going to happen like this. This is fantastic. We get to watch you die. And listen, you should be happy to have some stuff die in your life. Anybody besides me want to see some stuff die in your life so you can live for Christ in a, in, a, in a more profound way? Listen, we get to watch you die. There's some things that should come off of you. There's some things that should, that should die in you. Here's the reason why uh, uh, baptism is so important, because what it symbolizes and what you get to experience, you get to actually point back to a burial place. That when old temptations and old habits and old behaviors try to creep back up into your life, you can actually pronounce the eulogy and say, I cannot go back to that old way because I buried it on Sunday, April 29th in that water. And if I were to go back to that old life, I would have to get in that water again. Oops, the pool is gone. They drained the water. I guess I can't go back to that old life get to die to some stuff I tell you it's important to die Christ said to uh, Paul said about Christ to live is Christ and to die is gain every time I die to my flesh I am gaining ground on Christ in my in my relentless pursuit for this for, for this relationship to be closer what I get the opportunity to do every single time that I choose to die is to get closer to the one that I'm living for. Amen. Baptism is a significant way that you can do that. Point number three, write this down. Point number three is we get to watch you live. We watched you die. We just get to watch you live. Colossians chapter number two, verse number 12 says this. For you were buried with Christ. When you were baptized and with him, you will be raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. We died with him. We also get to live with him. And and I love the way that he allows us to live. Let me tell you something. Living for Jesus is the best decision I have ever made in my entire life. Does it come with restrictions? Yes. Are there some inconveniences? Yes. Because let me tell you something. If you're going to really live for Jesus Christ, you're going to be dying to a lot of stuff. Your, your personality is now coming under uh, subjection and submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
Your, your, your habits are now coming under the lordship of Jesus Christ. The way you talk to people now comes under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Where you go becomes under the lordship of Jesus Christ. What you watch comes under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It is a different way of living, but let me tell you, it is the most fulfilling way to live. Because empowered by the Holy Spirit, what you get to do and what you get to be a part of is so much bigger than you. And in a generation where everything is so me focused and me centered, to be able to put my life in alignment with that of the Lord Jesus Christ, I get to live in a way that is absolutely profound. By reading scriptures and having my devotion time, I do not see situations that come into my life the way other people see situations. Here's what I love about really living for him is that you can be next to somebody that doesn't live for him, have the same exact situation, and you all see it totally different. You could be at work uh, and you've working with this coworker for six years and, and then uh, they come through and say that the company is going through uh, a season of layoffs and, uh, uh, you know, everyone's getting their pink slips today. And so everyone gets their pink slips and the person next to you who, who is not living uh, uh, in alignment with the life of Jesus Christ is completely having a meltdown. Ah! Why? I knew they hated me. It was probably my manager. My manager probably did this. Oh, my God, if I see them, I'm going to key their car when I leave. Oh, you want me to leave? I'll leave. But you'll remember. The person in the cubicle right next to them got the same pink slip, and they went, wow. I didn't see this coming today. But, you know, in my devotion time over the last two weeks, the Lord's been leading me to all these passages in Scripture that talk about transition. I didn't know it was going to do with my job. But man, you know what, Lord? I thank you that you're my provision and not this job. And the same God that gave me this job can give me another. See, when you live for him, your entire perspective is different. You start getting heaven's perspective on earthly events. Instead of just being so focused on your own issues that you lose sight of the kingdom. This is so good. We get to live for him. So those are my three points, okay? The reason why we baptize is because we get to celebrate, we get to watch you die, and we get to watch you live. Now, I'm going to give you one more point. Here's one reason that you should do it today, okay? I want to give you one reason to do it today. I love this point. There's some water right over there. It's right up there right now. And we have clothes for you to change into. And we have lotion. So if you are worried about dry skin, do not worry about that. We got you. Okay? If if you have attachments in in this region... We have Speedo caps, okay? We got little bonnets. We got shower caps. We got you today. We got you. We got deodorant. 48-hour protection, okay? Swipe, swipe, pass. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not good. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> let me read you this. This is, this is uh, Acts chapter number 8, verses 26 through 38. Here's what it says. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud. This is great. From the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning from beginning with this same scripture, Philip told the good news about Jesus. Can I just stop right there? It is so important to have biblical literacy. It is so important to read your Bible and to have an understanding because as an ambassador of Jesus Christ functioning out of this embassy, someone may ask you about a scripture and you should be able to take them from wherever that verse is and point them straight to Christ. I'm not asking you to be a theologian on eschatology and be able to give pinpoint accuracy on the date he's going to return because he told all of us no one knows. So stop asking. But when you read scripture, think about it in a way that points people to Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. There's some water right over there. I just think about this. There's, a, there's this Ethiopian eunuch who is in a carriage reading aloud. Just how do you even set it up like this, God? Like, this is just perfect. He's just reading aloud Isaiah. He's wounded. For our transgressions bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. And, and, and God told Philip, hey, I want you to go from Gaza, I'm, I'm sorry, from Jerusalem down to Gaza. So when he goes down that direction, he sees the carriage rolling along. And he says, now go up to the carriage. And so he runs up to the carriage. Hey, man, what you reading? Well, I'm reading the book of Isaiah. And, and he, well, tell me more. I heard you reading, but what, what more are you reading? Can I please get in the carriage because I'm tired of running alongside of it? Hops in the carriage or riding along. He, he says, was this, is, is, is Isaiah talking about himself or was he talking about any, somebody else? Scripture says from that verse that he had just read aloud, he points him straight to Jesus. Tells him about the life, tells him about the prophecies, tells him about, about the, 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 the rich history. And this is a Gentile man who had gone to worship and he comes down there and he goes, well, listen. Uh, this, this is amazing. I, I, I've accepted Jesus in my heart. I had just come from Jerusalem. Uh, I already have an openness toward God. He goes, well, well, you know, one of the experiences that is absolutely tra transformative. And we just saw like 3000 people just do it earlier off this one guy's first sermon is to get baptized. Now, here's the thing that's powerful. 
I looked at the map from Jerusalem to Gaza. It's not along the coast. So, so they're, they're, it wasn't like they were close to the shore. They weren't by the Sea of Galilee. They're just riding along and they find a puddle of water. Not a lake. Not a river. Not an ocean. Just some random water. While they're riding along in this carriage and the Ethiopian, not Philip, goes, there's some water right there. How come I can't get baptized now? Here's what I love about the Ethiopian. Why should I wait? What am I waiting for? What better time than right now? I've just got the revelation of who Jesus is. I've accepted him into my heart. I'm not going to put this off. There's some water right here. Let's go. They jump out of the carriage. Get in this water. And they go down. And they come up. And something in that Ethiopian man's life died when he went down. And something in that Ethiopian man's life came alive when he came up. This is the power that we get to have when we get baptized. Now, this morning, I was getting dressed. My sons love coming with me to church in the morning. Amen. My kids are nine and seven. So they're at that age where it's like you think they know Jesus then they say something stupid. And then you're like, I'm, I'm still praying for yourself, out right? like, They say something profound, like, you know what? God is just in my heart, and he's always there, and I feel his presence. You're like, oh, we're doing a great job. And then they lie to you like three hours later about eating a sandwich. And you're like, you are a heathen. You're double-minded in all your ways. So, so we're getting dressed in the morning. And uh, uh, my son comes in. He goes, hey, dad, I heard it's baptism weekend. I I said, it is baptism weekend. And he goes, that's great. He was like, "Um, can I get baptized? And I was like, well, you got baptized. You got baptized on our one year anniversary. And um, you I baptized you myself. And it was a special moment for me to baptize my son. And uh, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, (laughs) I know you did. But I want to do it again. And I said, well, why do you want to do it again? And he goes, because it's fun. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, right? Month and a half from his 10th birthday. He wants to get baptized again because it's fun. Now, here's how I grew up. I grew up believing that you can only get baptized once. Make it count. <laughs> Don't you do it. Don't you do it until you're ready. Got to be a certain age. Don't baptize kids. Got to be at least 12 because 12 year olds, they know everything, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Got to be at least 12 years old. Don't do it. Okay, get, get the confession right. Do you believe that Jesus <laughs> was raised from the dead? And do you, do, do, do you believe that, 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 that he is the son of God? Get, get the confessions right. Get all of it right. And then make sure when you do it, you mean it because it's, it's one and done. So I hope you had a good experience. I don't know about you, but um, there's, there's seasons in life. 
And, and with seasons come understanding. And with understanding comes revelation. Uh, and, and with certain revelations, you say, you know what? I, I know I did that before, but, but I've never been where I am now. And, and it would be more meaningful in this season to cut some things off. We were talking in the back because uh, this is a very hot church, right? Honest, open and transparent. We were talking in the back. I said, has anybody given their life to Christ and you've already been baptized, uh, but, but you've done some things since you've been with Jesus that you're like, I need to get redunked again. I've learned some stuff along the way. He he waited for me to learn some stuff along the way. And and, and I think if I go down now, there's going to be a deeper, more fulfilling, enriching experience. If I go down in the water now, than even the first time that I did it, 22 young and saved. So what I'm saying is that even if you've been baptized before, And you feel like you're in a season of your life where it would be more meaningful because of some things that you have learned. Don't let the one and done rule mess you up. You can go down in the water today. Because there's some water right over there. (laughs) We're going to all be Ethiopians by the end of this. Okay. So that's why we baptize. Because we want to celebrate. We want to watch you die and we want to watch you live because who you will be on the other side will be unrecognizable. Anybody beside me love that thought? Wouldn't it be amazing for some people to walk up to you and be like, I mean, you're still you, but uh, there's something different about you. Yeah, I died yesterday. <gasps> My goodness. I didn't see anything on social media about this. We could have been praying for you. Oh, it was a quick funeral. Yeah. I went down, came up. It was great. But I'm dead to some stuff now. And I wrote a eulogy for it. And we've had the funeral service. And all it cost me was a little bit of water on a perfect 85 degree day. You'll dry off quick. Here, we baptize. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.